This is Deep Dives, and I'm your host, Matt Samuels. We are joined yet again in studio by our executive producer, Miles Gross. Some would call me Gross Miles, but you can call me Miles Gross. Was that your, like, I'm guessing there was, there's a nickname there, maybe a high school or middle school? The kids used to call me Ew Gross, and they forgot the Miles. It never stuck. Kids got kids matured, which was good. Right. I was I was bullied up until the age of twenty three. <laughs> that was like a week ago. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry to hear that. It's a, it's a rough name. Yeah. On the you know on the dating apps, I actually just put the first name because I don't want them to see the last name. It could be a turnoff. You never know. But you're a pretty big guy, so bullying you. I mean, I guess as a as a kid, maybe not so much. But I, you know, I mean, I wouldn't want to go after you. Well, they learned uh, the hard. Well, we both learned the hard way. You know, we both. Uh, I would retaliate. They would retaliate. We, I was immature about a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have grown up so much in that time. And you know what? I did notice this week. You are dressed to impress. Which yes, is- after you told me. Well, you didn't tell me. I just showed up, and you were wearing your your suit from your bar mitzvah, and it was very cute. I I had to go to the Saks on Fifth Ave and step step my game up, and now I am wearing a. Uh, a brand new Calvin Klein suit, looking sharp, trying to outdress you, and it's great. We're I'm, here. No one can see us, but we know we look good. I'm very impressed. This Thank is you. this was very unexpected. You came in dressed to impress. Uh, no more Lululemon. You are. You look like a million bucks, Miles. We got to get sponsored by Calvin Klein. To yes, get suits just different suits every week, every podcast, new suit. I like that. We, we got to reach out. I still love the idea of an audio-only podcast with a with a with a guest. You never want people to see what you actually look like, right? Because then they wouldn't listen anymore. <laughs> some some <laughs> some would say it's a it's it's a a danger. You're playing with fire when right. you go that route. Um, but we are joined this week by Ted Moskovitz, and he is the fa- uh, he's a co-founder of Ama Healing which is in the CBD uh, space, CBD world. And, you know, I'm sure uh, something that, that, that probably you've heard of, um, yeah, but, but at the same time probably don't know that much about. You know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, talk out there about, you know, medical marijuana and CBD and hemp and, and psychedelics and and all these things, but with Ted, uh, where where Ted is so great and why this was such a phenomenal interview is he really breaks down what is CBD, why you know why did he uh, get involved in it, what are the what are the scientific uh, you know uh, advantages to it, you know a lot of this you know stuff that uh, you know you hear about is actually is actually backed in science, you know it's not just kind of um, hearsay. So, um, you know, after listening to that, Miles, uh, are you going to get into CBD? Are you a CBD guy already? I, I hopefully uh, after the interview, I'd like to reach out to, to Ted, and I want to get I want to get CBD pills and and the lotions and the oils and the shampoo and the conditioner. I want my body to be ninety percent CBD. I don't know if Ted would recommend that. I'd probably not, but I hear great things. I actually, um, not to make it about me or my family for a quick second here, but my mom has terrible knees. And I am i was truly a non-believer in the CBD craze when it initially started. And my mom was given this special oil to put on her knees. And it actually made her feel better. And whether that was hmm. placebo or not, 
I'm happy that she's happy and it made me start to slowly believe in it. So no traditional medication, no, just this was strictly through the CBD. The CBD oil that she rubbed on her knees, it actually made her wow. have less pain. Wow. Um, you, you do, you know, you do hear that though. I mean, there are people that, you know, were taking medications for years for, for, you know, obviously a whole host of, of ailments and they try CBD and, uh, they just have phenomenal success with it. So it's not, it's not surprising to hear that miles. I mean, you go to any, you know, health store nowadays, uh, and you know, everything is CBD and, uh, like I said before, like Ted says, it's it's backed in science, um, and there's a lot of good evidence that 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 you know that that proves that that you know it's uh, it has it has reason to be uh, to be so popular. That's for sure. Um, have you had personal experience or use with CBD? I have taken I have taken CBD. What form of CBD have you taken? I've taken the um, the uh, the dropper. Oh, the dropper. Uh, un- under the tongue. The okay, dropper. not in your eyes. Not in the in the eyes. I've taken it under the tongue. And it, Pretty it, sure on the bottle it says, keep away from eyes and children under six. I think, yeah, the, the <laughs> under six thing is debatable. But the eyes, uh, it uh, it relaxed me. It really did. Okay. It put me in a good kind of chill. You know, I'm you ready. You throw on a little Netflix and chill. You got your CPD. It put me right to sleep. That's great. Yeah. Who doesn't want to go to sleep? It's what's better than going to sleep. Did you get it from Ted? From his? I did not. I, this oh. was pre Ted, but now um, Ama Healing is is going to be. If you know, next time I try some CBD, I'm going to be getting it from them after after we talk to Ted for Love sure. That. That's that's great. Um, but Ted's an interesting guy. He's he's one of these entrepreneurs that um, that seems to be kind of living in the future, and that you know he's involved with NFTs and. Uh, and and cryptocurrency and you know a lot of these you know topics that uh, you know instruments that are kind of futuristic uh, but also you know part of part of uh, part of society today. So um, he's always up to date. It seems with uh, the newest trend that might be you know whether it's medical advancement or something in finance like cryptocurrency. He's it's it's incredible. He's always up to date with whatever's new in the world. Very impressive guy. So before we get with Ted, we're going to speak with Ted in a minute here, but I want you to give a you had an update on our internship search, uh, which is very exciting. So why don't you tell the listeners uh, the big I was going to bring it up. You didn't have to set it up there. I was okay. going I was going to announce it. Okay. So it's do, exciting news. So do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. We have a huge announcement here at the Deep Dive Studio. We have found and accepted a brand new intern for the summer of 2021. Very exciting. Wow. And so are you going to announce uh, the name at this point or is, is that going to be I'm going to leave it up to you? Or is that going to be in the next episode? We, we, you know what? I wasn't prepared to, to to announce the name. I will say that this individual had to be um, experienced in multiple categories to be able to to meet the requirements for this podcast and and the future of the studio. And it was a really difficult decision. And mm. I will be announcing the name coming shortly. Not on this podcast. Um, maybe a little clickbait on the next pod. We'll see what we do here. Mm. Um, I like that the, your team. Well, maybe I'll, I'll have the intern announce it themselves. How about that? Maybe like on social media, maybe on the next pod. I don't know. How about that? That's exciting. 
and you hundreds of hundreds of resumes. I I was up throughout the night uh, going through these resume applications, and I was so thrilled to finally to say this is the one, and this 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 hmm. intern Check, is going to learn checked all the boxes, checked all the boxes, and will be able to provide us with so much, while also we get to provide such a great experience for them. What's better than that? That's just the perfect world. That we That's live a in. win win. Uh, well, Miles, you we're gonna we're, we'll get the name in the near future, and then what do you say we get we have uh, we do a segment with the intern? I wasn't prepared for that, but we can definitely maybe ask the intern if they're ready to, to be on the podcast. Okay, we, I mean, yeah. uh, if, are they ready for you know? Not, not are they camera audio ready? Are they uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> microphone ready? The to question go? is, you know, are, are they? Uh, you know, I will I will tease that it is um, a young man, and and the question is, does he have a suit? That's we have That's to make a great sure. question. We will definitely be bringing the young man to Saks on Fifth Ave, um, hopefully sponsored soon by Calvin Klein, and we will be getting that young man a brand new spanking Calvin Klein suit to go with us in How studio. Great. Oh man, very I'm, exciting! I'm looking forward to this. Uh, this is this is the greatest contribution you've made to the show, Miles. By before none, could be the greatest contribution in my lifetime. Giving back to the kids is 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 just. You can't beat that. Really depressing, but I ha- I tend to agree. I don't think with it's it. depressing. I think that's really great. This giving the, back, giving back to the kids. This is the greatest achievement of your lifetime. I'm I'm a young man. Let me that's say true. I'm 24, but I mean you haven't done much. I haven't done much, but if I can give back to mm. to young growing individual, growing mind that can contribute and do great things in life, and I'm responsible and they look up to me. Yeah, that okay. feels good. You know what? I, you're you're onto something there. Yeah. Uh, so I need you're gonna get back to uh, to doing whatever you do. Uh, you pay the bills, you keep the lights on, and uh, you're gonna be you're gonna be announcing the name of the intern. Yes, in a couple of days, shortly, I will be announcing on social media the intern, and it's gonna be a big announcement. And we are gonna be joined here after the break by again by Ted Moskovitz, the co-founder of Ama Healing. We are talking about CBD. The, the benefits, uh, the immense, uh, immense scientific research that, uh, that, that goes into it. Uh, Ted is a fascinating guy with an incredible amount on his plate. Uh, just just an, uh, an amazing, amazing guy. So uh, we have Ted Moskovitz coming up after this. And we are back on Deep Dives. We're joined by our guest, Ted Moskovitz. Hey, Ted, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. I'm very excited to have you on the show. Uh, you're a man of, of many talents and uh, you know, doing a whole host of uh, really cool things uh, to me, you know, <laughs> to, to, to keep it as simple as I can. You know, you're just, you're, 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 do, you're, Kind of living in this uh, this futuristic world of um, you know all these amazing new technologies. So you know um, you know we'll certainly highlight a bunch of them as we go, um, and uh, you know kind of and take a deep dive in, of course, into the world of CBD. So you know I kind of wanted to get your your talk about your background a little bit before we kind of dive in. Um, have you? always been interested in investing and business was this always 
you know, you've invested in so many companies, been a part of so many companies now. Is this always a big part of your life um, from from a young age, just being in, in the in the business, having the business mindset? I think so. Yes. Um, you know, when I was about seven years old, my mom founded the Women's Investment Club of Tampa, um, which was essentially a way for her to gather, you know, women who might not have had that much financial independence before or who had maybe not been active investors before um, to essentially meet and learn, discuss companies and things. And so I remember being a little kid and going to the library with her and, you know, these women coming in and bringing their investment ideas in um, to be discussed with the group. And so, you know, from a pretty young age, I had some exposure to it. That was all kind of traditional public market um, type investment experience. But I think I I at least had caught the bug um, from a pretty young age. Um, and then professionally, you know, I had done work related to investments as well, um, working at the SEC and corporation finance, working with companies that were getting ready to go public and things like that. Um, but the work that I do now is is a lot different. Um, we're doing early stage investments, um, like typical, you know, angel VC style, which is a little bit different and I didn't have much background in, but after having spent a lot of years building companies and helping grow and scale other people's companies, I just thought I had a good sense of what some of the hallmarks of success were um, and decided to uh, try our hand at that. And, and fortunately it's worked out pretty well for us so far. Absolutely. No, it, it makes sense. It, it seems like, you know, many of the successful entrepreneurs and business people, usually it, it was kind of, you know, usually not always, but you know, this is kind of something that's in their blood. Um, it seems like, you know, kind of that business mindset that, you know, interested in, you know, in, in investments, interested in whether it be the stock market or, or, you know, anything along those lines. So, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not surprised to hear that, that, you know, you kind of got started, um, got started at an early age there. Um, certainly makes sense. Uh, what, what's interesting about you, Ted, is that, you know, like you just mentioned, you, um, went to law school and you were actually an SEC attorney for a while, kind of, um, you know, certainly a lot different than, you know, what you're doing today. Um, you know, I guess two parts. Why did you make that decision originally to, to go that route, the world of law? And then also, you know, kind of what, what, was there a moment there? Um, or was it kind of like a slow shift where you decided to kind of go this alternate route? Yeah, great question. So, um, in terms of why I went, I had been working in politics um, and was exposed to some really remarkable members of Congress uh, who were doing a lot of work with human rights and human rights law. And I really just sort of caught this human rights bug and decided that I wanted to go to law school and practice human rights law and be a prosecutor at the International Criminal Court. And so I went to American University uh, in Washington, D.C., uh, which had you know one of the top human rights programs in the country. And, you know, within my first semester, I realized very quickly that at the heart of all of these human rights problems that I was encountering were essentially economic problems and thought, if I'm going to really have a meaningful impact in this space, I need to learn something about, you know, business and economics beyond which beyond what I had already learned before. And so started digging into that coursework more and more. And you know, the pendulum just swung really far in that business corporate direction. And I became an attorney at the SEC. And, you know, in hindsight, um, when I think about why I did it, it's probably a very different answer than what I would have given you at the time. I think the honest answer now is that I was a very ego driven person back then. Mm. And I was very driven by prestige. And being an attorney at the SEC was just the most prestigious job that someone studying business law could possibly get. And so I think that's really what the attraction was, um, was I just thought it would be something really cool to do and would be great for my resume and would help me, you know, 
build that up over time. And I definitely have, you know, a fondness for public service. And so I don't want to discount that. I, I think the work that they're doing is important. But really, I think that's the reason that I got into it. Um, the reason that I left it is it's a bit more complex and a story that, you know, is difficult to share sometimes. Um, I'll give sort of the condensed version of it, um, which was I had been dating a girl for a couple of years who I really thought I was going to marry. Um, one Sunday night, she got to our place and she dumped me, uh, which is really unexpected for me. Um, I went into work the next morning and about halfway through the day, got an email that one of my colleagues had died, a really young, fit, healthy guy in the office right next to me. And so I just had these two things really shake me up and was feeling very ungrounded. Um, and, you know, just started thinking like, you know, what am I doing with my life really more than anything else? And, you know, over the couple of weeks after my colleague died, I saw the stack of paperwork on his desk just go down and down and down as other people were taking on his work. And it made me feel so fungible and so replaceable and just had me realize that if I were the one that was going to die randomly tomorrow, I would have really had no meaningful impact on the world. Mm -hmm. Maybe just some of the people who I love and relationships and things in my family, but no real lasting legacy or anything like that. And so I just started, you know, kind of struggling with this concept of what do I really want to do and who am I and all these things. And, you know, I was talking to friends at the time and they were saying, listen, man, you just went through these traumas. You just got dumped. Your friend just died. You know, give it a couple of weeks, right? This is all going to shake out. You're going to go back to normal. It's all going to be fine. And it never went back to normal. And in fact, it started getting worse oh. and worse. You know, the sort of voice in my head saying, this isn't the thing for you. You need to go and use your superpowers and use your talents in the world. And so at some point, I just couldn't ignore that voice anymore and went into my boss's office and said, I don't know exactly what's next, but I'm done here um, and I'm going to go pursue my life's ambition. And fortunately, she was very supportive of me and I'm, I'm deeply grateful for her. But that's uh, that's the story of how I came to leave. Wow. I mean, that's so powerful, Ted. I mean, it, sometimes I guess, you know, it's, it's hard to see. Obviously, we, we can't ever envision the future. But, you know, I have heard similar stories where it unfortunately sometimes takes, you know, a, a an incredibly negative situation um, similar to this. I've heard, you know, these type of stories that can, you know, with you, clearly changed, um, you know, your your future. I would imagine if these things didn't happen, you'd you'd probably still be at the SEC today, I would think. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where yeah. I would be, but I know that, you know, without these really powerful experiences, it definitely would not have played out. Mm. Um, in, in the way that it did. And, you know, at some point there, like you have so much momentum and you have so much inertia behind you. You know, I invested so much. I studied so hard in law school and graduated at the top of my class. And I had done all these things to reach the place where I was able to get this job and then working so hard at the job to be able to keep it. Um, you just feel like you're supposed to stay, you know, you feel like it's not really an option for you to leave. You're so committed to it. And I remember leaving and all my friends and and some of my family saying, you're crazy. You worked so hard to get here. You know, you've, you've, this is what you've always wanted. Uh, and having to walk away from that, you know, is really challenging, not just the career stability, but I think the hardest part of walking away from it is actually the change in identity that comes with it. You know, I, like I said, like, I love being this SEC lawyer. And when I would go out in DC, you know, people ask me what I would do. I love saying that and the prestige and all these things. And you know, when I left there, it was really the struggle of, okay, who am I, right? Without my job, without the things that are my normal identity, 
you know, what's left over. And so I think that's the struggle that a lot of people, you know, run into is you just have so much momentum and inertia built up behind your path. It can be really challenging to get off of it and do something else. And I feel very fortunate that I was able to, uh, you know, summon up the courage to do it. And of course, I had support from other people along the way. But it's uh, it's certainly quite the leap to take. Absolutely. No, I mean, I've, I've been through career changes as well. And it's certainly, like you said, it's, it's not easy. You know, we get hung up on titles and, and you know, what, what certainly what other people expect of us. So, you know, I give certainly give you a, a lot of just personally, I give you a lot of credit because I know I know the challenges involved, especially when, you know, it's something, uh, you know, a, a job that took a lot of, you know, uh, effort and, you know, financially and, and time wise, um, you know, just to get into the door. So, um, you know, I know that wasn't easy at the time, but, you know, fast forward to today, um, you know, you're, you're, you sit on the advisory board of over 15 companies, um, you know, we'll get to, um, I'm a healing in, in a couple moments, but, uh, you know, I guess two questions, how is your past, uh, uh, you know, with the sec and what you've gone through being an attorney, um, how does that, you know, how have you taken that with you? Um, first of all, to, you know, to, to what you're doing today with, with these investments, is that, has that been a, a positive having, you know, making this career change and, and having these experiences behind you? Yeah, it, it's really a powerful background, I think, to bring to the table. Um, you know, at the SEC, a lot of what I was doing was, you know, reviewing companies that were getting ready to go public or doing like 10K, 10Q review. We talk about uh, companies having, you know, annual and quarterly reporting. And that's essentially what I was doing was reviewing that reporting. And really, you know, the job in corporation finance is, uh, it's a bit crass to say it this way, but it's like, calling out companies on their BS, right? Um, and looking at their public statements mm. and matching that up with their financials and and almost trying to call them out on the little fibs that they're telling. And so really it teaches you how to do diligence on companies. And as an investor, that's one of the most important skills that you can have is learning how to properly do DD. Uh, and so from that perspective, it was tremendously helpful to have that background. Also, it gave me exposure to companies that were at the true forefront of their industries and seeing the problems that they typically run into uh, and the things that could really help move the needle, whether it's amazing management or amazing product or ideas or support or whatever those things are, it really gave me insight into what are the variables that matter the most and how can I look for those and ensure that those exist in the companies that I'm investing in? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we all take, you know, I've certainly for my, you know, my past, um, you know, and they've, I've kind of bounced around to a, a lot of different things, but I, I'm the same way where I certainly have taken, you know, nothing, I, I kind of view nothing as a total waste of time ever, you know, whether it's you, you know, if, even if it's, you know, I, I've done art, I've done te television production, I've done real estate and each, each kind of chapter in my life, um, feeds off, off the next. So, um, you know, I can certainly relate to what you're saying there. What's your process, you know, as I mentioned, you know, you're on the on the advisory board of 15 companies. That's you know, that's that's quite the um, you know, quite the uh, the workload. I'm sure. I mean, that's a lot. Um, what's you? I'm sure you get pitched a lot of different you know various companies, and I'm sure you've you've done due diligence on you know hundreds probably. What what's your process for um, selecting uh, you know your criteria for what what you're going to invest in and what you know what boards uh, you're interested in being a part of? Yeah, it's, an, it's a good question because I think our process is probably a lot different and definitely a lot more informal than what you would typically see with people similarly situated to us. 
Um, you know, the first thing for me is, is this company or product going to have a meaningful impact, a positive meaningful impact on the future of the world? You know, we're in a position now that we're really fortunate that we get to choose what we're going to work on. And so, you know, Google used to have this mantra of don't be evil. You know, we try and take the sort of opposite of that, which is work with people that are affirmatively doing good in the world. So that's step one, right, is is this going to help people and is this going to be helpful for the world? Um, you know, a second one is, do we like the people who are involved, right? If it's an amazing business, but we don't like the people and we don't think we're going to work well with them, then that's definitely something that's going to, you know, be a, a problem for us. And then I think one of the other ones is, is this a business that I actually understand myself? Um, you know, I prefer working on things that I can wrap my head around. Uh, you know, I'm fortunate that I have a bit of a hard science background, um, and have a little bit more technical experience from running a software company than some others might, but it has to be something that I can really wrap my head around and understand and something that I think I'd want to use myself or at least deeply intuitively understand why so many other people would want to do it. Um, and so I think those are some of the ones that, that we really give sort of the most weighting to, um, mm -hmm. when we're considering working with a company. Um, but, but those are really the big three for us. Got it. So, you know, the, the focus of, of there's so many ways we were talking about this. There's so many ways that, you know, so many things that, you know, it's kind of a good problem to have with you, Ted, is because there's so many ways we could have gone with this interview. Yeah. Um, you know, you're involved in so many projects and, you know, we're certainly going to have you on on the show again, um, you know, to highlight other things that you're working on. But, you know, today we're going to we're going to talk about uh, AMA healing and uh, and the CBD space, which I think is just fascinating. Um, you, you see it everywhere, but I think a lot of people, you know, maybe uh, don't really understand it. Um, they, 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 you know, maybe have misconceptions. So, um, you know, I just want to spend a little bit of time here kind of explaining, um, you, you, you know, kind of the backstory of CBD and um, what it entails. And then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll highlight the company. So, you know, um, what does CBD do exactly in, in the body? Um, you know, what, you know, we, we, we've heard of all these benefits, um, you know, all the, the amazing things that, that, you know, medically it can do, but, um, in terms of, I guess maybe like from a scientific body standpoint, um, what does CBD in S CBD in essence, uh, achieve? Yeah. So it's really, it's such an interesting topic right now because I think CBD and cannabis, you know, it's all over the news and there's people making all these fantastic claims around about all the myriad of health benefits and things. And I think that, you know, to the uninitiated, it seems like a little bit too good to be true. Right. And don't get me wrong. There are plenty of companies out there that are making claims that I don't think are really grounded in the underlying science. But I think that, you know, for those of us who are willing to dig deep into this, what we realize when we look at the underlying science and the science of our bodies is that it actually makes perfect sense that it can be used in such a positive way for our minds and bodies because CBD, which is short for cannabidiol, actually interacts with something that we already have inside us called the endocannabinoid system. Endocannabinoid just means the cannabinoids inside of us. And I think that to really tell the story well of the endocannabinoid system, you know, we have to harken back in time um, actually about 34, 35 million years to prehistoric sea sponges, which are the first animal we know of that had an endocannabinoid system. So that's one of the first things that I think is important to realize is this is not a human thing. This goes back to some of our earliest and most primitive ancestors. Um, and it is almost this happy accident or coincidence that the cannabis plant, which contains high amounts of CBD, 
has this sort of perfect key that fits the lock of our endocannabinoid system inside of our bodies. So when we think about the endocannabinoid system in a way it really does, I think the simplest explanation is that it's almost like the master thermostat for our body. It's what mm. brings us back into homeostasis. So your home gets too hot, thermostat turns it down a little bit, brings you back into balance. Same thing going the other direction. So it's this master thermostat for things like digestion and heart rate and our immune system and all of these systems that are required to keep us healthy and to keep us thriving. And so when we hear that CBD can help with all of these different things, just keep in mind that it, what it's really doing is it's working on this master thermostat, this master regulator that brings us back into homeostasis or brings us back into balance when we're a little bit out of whack. And so that at the simplest level is really how it works. Mm. And, and I know there are, you know, there's a lot of components um, to CBD, you know, flavonoids, um, you know, lots of different, uh, you know, aspects that kind of come together um, to make it, you know, make it the effective product that it does. Um, maybe you could talk a little bit about that, you know, kind of how, um, you know, that the process of, you know, how the, um, you know, that all works in, in the system to, you know, kind of come together and, and achieve the results. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, CBD is just one compound that's found in the cannabis or in the hemp plant. Um, and I think it's really become the most popular or certainly the most widely known. Um, and I'm not sure that has a lot to do with its efficacy. You know, CBD is present in very high concentrations in the plant. It's the cheapest one to extract commercially. Um, it's really abundant in the plant. And so I think a lot of the hype around it right now is commercial hype. But there are all these other compounds that are found in the plant that have incredible therapeutic benefits. There's other cannabinoids, so CBN, CBC, CBG, that all have their own interesting benefits. There's flavonoids, like you mentioned. There's phytonutrients, chlorophyll, and things like that. There's terpenes, and terpenes, I think, are one of the most powerful components in the plant. Um, they're essentially the smell molecules of the world. So if you scratch a lemon peel, that lemoniness is a compound called limonene, and limonene is just this terpene that gives lemons their lemoniness. Uh, similarly, we have, uh, you know, lavender is a plant that we're all pretty familiar with. And linalool is the compound that gives lavender its lavenderiness. Well, wouldn't you know, if you add linalool to, you know, these hemp plants, they give you this sort of relaxing, sedating lavender-like effect. Whereas on the other side, if I use limonene, it has this very citrusy, energizing, invigorating kind of aspect to it, right? Because CBD, THC, you know, they're the same in every cannabis product a person could ever take. So it's really giving it these different effects is this blend that people are putting together. And there's a concept in our space that's very popular uh, called the entourage effect, which essentially is the principle that all of these compounds working synergistically are, for more, are far more effective than any one compound would be on its own. So, you know, don't get me wrong, CBD alone does have, have some health benefits in specific circumstances. However, when we mix it with these other minor cannabinoids and terpenes and other compounds that are found in the plant, we get a much more uh, well-rounded and therapeutic effect than we would have otherwise. And so this is one of the things that's really important to think about when formulating products is what is that makeup going to be? And this is the part of the business that I personally really love is almost becoming this like experience DJ, right? Where I can modify <laughs> your physiology based on the blends that I'm making, and I can help bring out different states in you depending on that blend. 
Interesting. Um, I mean, you're, yeah, it's almost like I think of like, you know, kind of like a, like one of those compound pharmacies, right, in a way where you can kind of take a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And, you know, I know that's that's what you do at Alma Healing, um, where you can actually, you know, kind of tailor it to a certain degree um, to to the given individual, it seems like, you know, given their their medical history, um, you know, maybe the problems that, um, you know, that, that they're dealing with, whatever it might be. Um, but it seems like it's, from what I've seen, you know, kind of just from afar, um, what's kind of been interesting about CBD now is that it's, it is, you know, becoming more tailored to, to the individual. Yeah, I think you're, you know, you're tapping into something that I thought was going to come later in the conversation, <laughs> which is sort of where we're headed and what's next for us and what is really exciting me in this space. And, you know, you just mentioned it, it's personalization. Mm -hmm. I think that is the forefront, you know, of the wellness industry in general, not just the hemp and CBD industry, but, you know, we're learning a lot about how an individual's genetics influence how they experience cannabis products. There's a reason that some people do really well with cannabis and other people don't. There's a reason why you may have friends who have, you know, tried pot or something and got really anxious from it, whereas it's an incredible anti-anxiety tool for other people. And it's really just because we all have such unique physiology. And so the forefront that we're leaning into now is looking at an individual's unique genetics and then formulating products mm -hmm. that are literally designed specifically for that person uh, and things that are going to do well for them. Um, you know, none of this stuff is on the market yet, but we're doing a lot of R&D around it. And I think we have a great framework to move forward with it. Uh, and it's something that I'm hoping to release over the next year or so that I think is really going to be powerful for the industry. You know, instead of taking this kind of shotgun approach or just guessing or trying a bunch of different things and, you know, a lot of trial and error, uh, instead, we're just going straight to their genetics and, and manufacturing something that has a very high likelihood of working the first time that they use it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that's that's something else that will be that will certainly be a game changer. I mean, I can kind of see signs of that on the horizon, but uh, you know, looking forward to you know to the day that that you know that that officially um, comes comes to fruition. You know, you've mentioned THC and you know marijuana. I think you know maybe some people have misconceptions about CBD, where you know they kind of confuse the two. I know I've had some conversations where people you know, have been scared to take CBD because they think it's going to get them high. Um, you know, what's the story there? I, I think, you know, it seems like part of this is, you know, a a PR marketing, you know, campaign also where um, I think there's, you know, just some misconceptions about what exactly the product is and, you know, what it's intended for. Yeah. So, you know, THC is just another one of these cannabinoids that is found uh, in the plant, right? So, you know, when we think of like, classic cannabis or marijuana, the kind that gets you high, THC is the ingredient that is actively getting you high. Uh, if you consume THC, you're, you're going to get high from it. If you consume a product that does not contain THC, uh, then you are not going to get high from it. It's really that simple. Um, I think where it begins to get a little bit complex for people is that, you know, marijuana contains both THC and CBD. Whereas when we talk about hemp, um, we're talking about plants that are grown that have very, very low natural amounts of THC in them. And then sometimes whatever trace amounts are left, we actually remove so that our end product contains no THC whatsoever. Um, there are many companies in this sort of CBD hemp space that leave the THC in. Some people think that it has additional therapeutic benefits. I think that is sometimes the case and, and often not. 
uh, but we remove it completely and that's because we want our products to be accessible to everyone if you are you know a doctor or you're in law enforcement or military you know we just really want to make sure that anyone has access you know to these tools and so we do complete thc removal um you know for that reason so if you take our products you know you're not going to get high or fail a drug test or anything like that but you do have to be very mindful when considering these products because not all companies do it the same way that we do and so it, it could be an issue for people and in terms of you know kind of going along with that you know the safety record um you know for cbd obviously you know it's not marijuana it's its own you know there's the thc component but um in terms of just overall safety i you know kind of goes in line with you know the previous question where i think some people there's misconceptions and you know it's it's something that you know is is somewhat misunderstood um is, should, is there any um are there any you know safety concerns is there any you know certainly individuals where um you know it 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 wouldn't be safe um to to get you know to to try a cbd product yeah so you know i always like to say it's important for people to consult with their own physician before they begin any new supplement you know whether it's cbd or something else right so i think that's a good starting point in general however cbd is very well tolerated by people and seems to have a really safe overall profile um you know you cannot overdose from it uh, people are not going to have, you know, some horrible health outcome from consuming it. You know, if you have too much of it, you're likely to just get really sleepy or maybe have a little bit of like a CBD hangover in the morning or something, but people are certainly not going to die from it. Um, one exception that I think is good to be mindful of is um, there are some medications that people um, are warned not to consume with grapefruit. And the reason is that it, in, it interacts with, with what's called the CYP30 enzyme. We don't need to go too deep into that, but you essentially have an enzyme that could be impacted by grapefruit. The same things, the same medications are impacted by CBD. So if you're someone who's taking a medication um, that you're cautioned not to consume with grapefruit, you would also want to consult with your physician uh, before taking it with CBD as well. But aside from that, really overall self profile, really well tolerated by people. You know, this is something that's been used for thousands and thousands of years um, in, in many different cultures, you know, throughout time and all across the world. So we have a lot of information about it. Mm. Um, and, and overall, it's one of the safer compounds that you can take. And I think when we look at this overall calculus of, you know, risk to reward, it's very strongly in the reward category with very low risk. But of course, I like to caution people that, you know, they should consult with their own healthcare practitioner uh, before deciding to start anything new. Sure. Um, that, that definitely makes sense. Um, so in relation to AMA, um, AMA healing, how did, you know, how did this start for you? I know you're, you're obviously involved in a lot of different, uh, businesses and, and companies. Um, but you know, this is obviously one, a major venture of yours. Uh, what's, what's the story behind AMA? How did, um, how did it all get going? Yeah. So I had been working kind of tangential to the cannabis industry for, I guess about seven or eight years now, um, doing all picks and shovels kind of things like adjacent to you know the actual plant i was doing nothing that was actually like plant touching is what people call it in the industry um and so because of that you know i was just sort of in this scene and, and had the opportunity to try cbd products oh gosh i mean probably a dozen times and i just found that i never really had any effect from it it didn't do anything for me and i just really thought it was kind of this you know latest snake oil with very little benefit to it maybe it made me like really tired or something but i never really got meaningful health benefits from it. Um, and then a couple of years ago, one of our friends in Colorado said, hey, 
we invented this new method for extracting, you know, cannabinoids from hemp. You need to come check it out. And I was like, nope, I don't mess with CBD. I don't believe in it. You know, no thank you, right? Mm. Um, but I guess fortunately, the universe conspired against me uh, to bring me out to where our friends were a few weeks later for something just totally unrelated. Um, and so I went and hung out with them and they offered me some of the product. And I was like, all right, whatever, I'll keep her them. You know, I'll try it. And about 15 minutes later, I just had this like, oh, shoot moment where I realized like something is really different in me right now. And, you know, the first thing that I noticed was just this presencing effect. Um, I don't know if you've ever, you know, meditated or done breath work or anything like that. But typically after these activities, you just feel so calm and present and grounded and and just really there, you know, with your experience and noticing all these things that are happening around you. And that was the thing that I noticed was like, oh, my gosh, I'm almost in this kind of post meditative state. You know, this hasn't happened before. Um then later that afternoon, we were doing some hiking out in uh, Garden of the Gods in Colorado Springs, um, which is relatively close to where um, their facility is. And, you know, I was not in amazing shape at the time and we're hiking up and down mountains. And so the next morning I'm in bed and I'm like, oh, no, I'm so scared to get out of bed in the morning. I'm going to be so sore. And I pop out of bed and I'm, you know, sort of patting my legs. Huh. You know, I'm not really as sore as I should be. What's going on here? Right. And that question of what's going on here is really what birthed AMA. Um, I was fortunate to have a background in heart science. I studied micromolecular biology in undergrad. And so I just was looking at this from the sort of scientist perspective of why did I have this really positive experience from this product when I've had so many negative ones previously? Uh, and ultimately, the answer was that it was the way that they were making the products. Um, so, you know, without going into too much detail around extraction technology, typically the way that these products are made is a process called fractional distillation. And the two things that are important to know about it are one, that it's a very high heat process, and two, that it's a very chemical solvent intensive process. And so the making of the yeah, involves these chemical solvents. Well, wouldn't you know it, these hemp compounds are very delicate, and what are they susceptible to degrading, you know, under which conditions? High heat and harsh chemical solvents. And mm. so our friends had really tapped into was a way to make what's essentially the cold pressed juice of hemp extract, where we can do it without high heat and without any of these harsh chemicals. And so what we're left with is a product that has not been denatured or degraded. So your body can actually utilize it. So you might go to the store and see, you know, a product that's called full spectrum or that's called broad spectrum. And, you know, ostensibly what that means is that it still has all the beneficial compounds in it. But what you cannot actually test for, or most people don't is, have these compounds been degraded to a point where your body can't actually utilize them? And so that was sort of the secret sauce that we tapped into. And so at that point, you know, as someone who had been sort of in the, the wellness space and, you know, is working toward a positive future for humanity, I thought, wow, this is a really powerful tool. I think people should have access to this. And just seeing the state of the market, you know, with 95% of products on the market being really not effective at all, I almost just felt compelled to start working on this and and having it you know be something that was offered to people because it does have such amazing possibilities um but had not really been done well before yeah it's interesting you mentioned that because you know i i when i feel like when i go into you know one of the health health stores uh, health food stores you know there's obviously a lot you know it's a pretty crowded space um you know literally and figuratively in terms of the cbd world um but you know your company you know, stands out on, on many levels. I mean, how does, you know, how is, how has AMA, you know, 
done that, you know, in, 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 in a crowded space where, you know, obviously a lot of these, every comp- CBD company is going to say, you know, well, our, our method is, is unique and, you know, blah, you know, this, we do it differently than everyone else. Um, you know, how is AMA, um, you know, proven, um, that, you know, that this is, this is a special product and it is different, um, than, you know, the 95% of, of the other companies that are, that are out there. Yeah. So, you know, one answer is to the, how do we prove it side of things, right? The other answer is how do we stand out, right? Um, you know, I'll start with sort of the prove it side and then we can move to the standout. So, you know, on the prove it side, one thing that we do is the level of testing that we do on our products is we'll say a lot deeper than what other people are testing for. So, you know, typically people will test for how much CBD is in this product um, and how much THC is in it. Right. And that's sort of as far as they go. We're going way beyond that in our testing. We're looking at uh, is there mold, is there mildew, is there residual pesticides, are there heavy metals in this? You know, really just going to this layer that most people don't do. Um, one because it's very expensive, and two because most people would never be able to actually pass the tests. Um, you know, if they did them. Um, we also are very fortunate to you know be in this sort of biohacking future of medicine kind of space, and so we have access to amazing, you know, clinicians and researchers and physicians um, who we've partnered with to do research, you know, with to see what's actually happening in the body when people take these products. Um, And we can measure the changes to their physiology and formulate around that. So that's part of it as well as we're just actually, you know, doing the research and doing experimentation and seeing is this giving the results that we think it's going to. Um, So that's another component of it. Um, In terms of the you know, how do we stand out from the crowd? I think it's really because of the products that we're choosing to focus on. Um, you know, sort of the bread and butter of our business is this product called Elevate Elixir. And Elevate is not positioned as a CBD product or a hemp product or anything like this. It's positioned as an alcohol alternative. And that's the space that we're playing in, is giving people an alternative uh, to alcohol. Um, and so really, you know, what it's about is, allowing people to, well, first of all, it's, it's a beverage additive, right? So it's something that you're using to make drinks for yourselves. You could think of it as like making a mocktail for yourself or something like that. Um, and so in a space that's so crowded, you know, we're doing something that nobody else is. So that's one way of kind of standing out. Um, and then also there's just the efficacy of the product. Um, there's an incredible amount of science and tech that goes into it. We can talk a little bit about it if we want, sort of like how we turn it into nanoparticles and how we mix it with a uh, like all natural emulsifiers that aid in the absorption and bioavailability and all these kinds of things. But really, you know, what Elevate is about more than anything is a, it's keeping this ritual of unwinding and socializing with a drink that we typically get from alcohol. You know, there's something about like the glass of wine when the kids go to bed or the, you know, beer at a baseball game or the champagne toast. It's these amazing rituals um, that, people who don't drink alcohol typically just miss out on entirely. Um, and so what we're trying to do is give people something that is still fun um, that still lets them like have a drink with friends, but they're not paying for it the next day. Right. Um, you know, it's allowing people to celebrate the day that they're in without borrowing from the day to come. And so mm-hmm. I think we just have this really unique positioning in the industry that really nobody else has done. I mean, that that's a fascinating concept. I mean, I, I think of, you know, people that, um, 
you know, live live a, a sober life or people that, you know, obviously, obviously, you know, have made the decision not to drink alcohol. And I, w- I would imagine that's a pretty sizable percentage, um, you know, for what, for one reason or the other, don't, you know, don't drink. Um, but probably, like you said, um, you know, wish that they could partake um, in, in some capacity. And I would imagine, Ted, that that's that's a pretty big share of the market that, you know, that you could um, that, that you could transition into this product yeah you know you're right that like the sober community is a big piece of the business um but also you know there's so many people in the fitness community and the wellness community who don't drink alcohol like i don't drink a lot of alcohol i have i don't know maybe one drink a month or something and it's typically like a glass of wine with dinner or i might go out with friends and it's not that i've ever had a problem with alcohol abuse or anything it's just that I notice I really don't feel that good when I drink it. Mm. Um, and there's so many people who I think, you know, sort of fit that bill who just realize that they don't feel well and they don't perform well when they drink alcohol. Um, you know, I think we're going to see this trend increasing even more sort of on the tail end of COVID as people are getting back out into the world, you know, after being quarantined or just not going out so much as like, you know, we've had the past year where we've been so lonely and so devoid of human connection And I think this is one of the really great ironies about alcohol consumption is, you know, at least for me and for a lot of my friends, alcohol is a barrier to presence and it's a barrier to connection. Mm. You know, I I feel like you're almost putting this haze between you and the people that you're with when you drink a lot. So on the other side of COVID, as we go out into the world, we're seeking human connection. We want to connect deeply with people. We want to be really present with them. So why are we drinking alcohol? That's sort of this like numbing agent. Instead, we want, you know, beverages that get us more present and more connected to the people who are with. And so I think this is really the perfect time for our product and and others like it um, that gives us some of the ritual that we're used to, um, but that has all these affirmative health benefits that people would never get from an alcoholic beverage typically. No, it, it it makes sense. It makes perfect sense, and I'm sure for a lot of people, just just the thought of not having you know that that hangover the next day, I'm sure that's uh you know that's something that that is will be very very appealing because anyone that's you know had had a too many drinks knows uh you know certainly knows what the next day is going to feel like. Um, yeah. you know, t- t- you know, speaking of you know medical benefits, um, you know, in the in the CBD world, and you know specifically with AMA, um. You know what? What are the biggest benefits of your products um, in terms of, you know, wellness? You know, I've, you know, I know there's been a number of different studies, you know, that have gone into insomnia, depression, um, you know, muscle, muscle issues, you know, physical, you know, bo- pain in the body. Um, so it seems like, you know, from what I've read, there's, you know, kind of like the the physical side of it, but also, you know, the you know, the mental health aspect too. Um, you know, what have you seen with AMA and, you know, uh, you know, what, where can the products, um, you know, have the most benefit for people? Yeah. So, you know, first I have to say that, um, AMA, the company is not allowed to make any claims about the medical benefits of our products. It's illegal and we can't do it. Um, so I'm happy to share some of my personal experiences, you know, that I've had in my own life and what I've seen in my friends and things like that. Um, so, you know, I, I've seen some really profound ones. And like you said, you know, you mentioned so many different ones. And I think you you got all of those ones right. But, 
you know, it's involved in anxiety and addiction and alcohol and sleep and pain management and nausea, um, so many different, you know, aspects of our physiology. And like we said before, it's because the endocannabinoid system is tied into so many of these aspects of our physiology. Um, at AMA specifically, you know, we're focusing on dealing with specific problems for people, right? So for example, we have uh, an inflammation formula, which of course is designed, you know, for, for helping people fight inflammation. Um, and that's with, you know, not only the hemp extracts, but also has this curcuminoid complex in it. Um, and, you know, curcumin is from the turmeric root and is this really potent anti-inflammatory um, and has a whole host of health benefits. Um, we have a sleep formula with melatonin and chamomile oil and things that's designed for sleep, right? Um, we have others that are designed for just more overall, you know, balance and wellness and kind of everyday life and things like that. So, you know, it really depends on what individual individual's goal is, like which product is going to be best for them. But in general, we're formulating to a specific purpose. Like, you know, we have a, a like a salve that's a muscle rub that's amazing for, you know, different skin conditions, but also for um, like muscle soreness and aches and pains and things like that. So um, there, there, there's honestly just so many different ones. Um, it would take us a long time to uh, to list all the potential health benefits. What's interesting about CBD is it seems like, you know, and especially with AMA, with your products, not only it, it could be used in two ways, I guess, kind of as, you know, as a precursor uh, to, you know, maybe having these issues, but also kind of an on, on the spot treatment, um, for whatever is going on with your life. Um, is that kind of the, the thought that, you know, well, you know, maybe, you know, even if today, you know, you don't have a specific issue that, you know, needs to be treated, um, you know, having, you know, being, um, introduced to CBD in some capacity, you know, is still, still makes sense. And maybe, um, you know, could provide benefits of its own, um, you know, rather than, you know, having to wait around for maybe, um, you know, one of these issues, unfortunately, come your way. Yeah, there's a there's a condition that's making its way into the medical literature called chronic endocannabinoid deficiency syndrome. Wow. And it's sort of this blanket for all of these health issues that come up when we don't have enough endocannabinoids. Um, in our body, either because we're not consuming them from external sources or our bodies aren't producing them well themselves. Um, and so, you know, from that perspective, just having a well-constructed hemp product daily or twice daily seems to do a good job of helping to stave off a lot of these health issues down the road. Um, you know, if your body is in balance, then you're going to have less health issues you know, in the future, because your body is either having to work too hard to get back into balance or things like that, right? So hopefully, we can help to avoid some of those long term issues. However, for people that are experiencing some of the issues, it's important to have almost more of like a, a spot treatment, right? Or something like that, you know, elevate as one example is not something that people take all the time for, you know, overall wellness and balance. It's like for a specific circumstance, right? Which is, becoming more present connected and enjoying the sort of company of the people that you're around and being an alcohol replacement. And so we designed it with a very short half-life, you know, it lasts for, you know, call it two or three hours in the body. Right. Whereas, you know, some of our like hemp oils and things are designed to have a half-life that's more like 12 or 14 or 16 hours. And so they're always present in the bloodstream. They build up in high concentrations over time. And those are things that people will use day to day, you know, for their overall wellness. Um, so, 
you know, and, and one final thing that I'll mention is, and I think this is just important, you know, and like sort of a responsible thing to say is, you know, through all my work studying genetics, there's about 10% of people that are going to have very, very little reaction to hemp products in general, just because of mm -hmm. how their body works. Um, it's really not going to do a lot for them, right? Which I know is a weird thing to say as someone who owns a company is like 10% of people are going to get no benefit from this, but it's true. Mm -hmm. um, and part of the reason is their genetics. And then another part of the reason, and I find this with a lot of my friends who are like really um, like high level performers or high level athletes is they're doing so much already to keep themselves in homeostasis that there's very little marginal additional benefit that they're going to get from these products. Like if you're an Olympian who has everything dialed in and so many people helping work on you, at least on the physical side, you're not going to necessarily get that many benefits from it on the mental side, helping to, you know, relieve some anxiety and things like that and mood issues and things, you know, there's a lot of benefits, but that's something that I think is worth saying is like mm -hmm. people who are at the peak of performance already, if you're already in homeostasis, you, you sort of have nowhere to go. Right. Um, one thing that I will say though, is that, you know, if you try one of these products and you don't have any reaction to it, don't think that you're in that 10% that's never going to have a reaction because one of the things that is really, really interesting about these compact compounds in general is that they actually seem to have a bit of a reverse tolerance. So the more you use them, the less you need to use, which is the opposite of how a lot of these, you know, supplements work. Um, mm. And part of the reason this is happening, at least what we think one of the reasons is now, is that your body has to sort of activate its endocannabinoid system. If you're not someone that ever takes cannabinoids and then you take some CBD, your body's like, what is this? Like, I don't know what to do with this, right? Mm. Um, whereas as we begin to train the body and it begins to pick it up on it and use it more, it realizes when we give it cannabis, like, oh, I recognize this. I know what this is. I know how to use it to help myself. So I, I always tell people, you know, make sure you're trying a product, you know, consistently for a couple of weeks before you make up your mind as to whether it's going to be effective for you or not. Um, and then fortunately, you know, we can now shortcut this process by doing genetic testing on people and it can give them real answers. And folks are welcome to reach out to me if they're interested in, uh, in doing any of this genetic testing. We, we actually have it available now for folks mm. to try it. Um, even though it's not like something that we're selling, um, you know, so you can kind of find out a little bit better for yourself before experimenting if it's something that might work for you. Sure. Absolutely. Um, and you know, I know we touched on it a little bit earlier, uh, with regards to the future of AMA and, you know, kind of, and you know, where we're headed in terms of, uh, you know, the technology and the products and, and how everything is coming together. And you mentioned kind of the targeted, of of the products in the future where you know you'll really be able to kind of zero in on an individual and uh, you know hopefully help them with with whatever problem um, whatever uh, issue that that they're dealing with at that time when when do you see you know that phase of the business taking place is that you know six months a year two years um, because that's to me that is just such a game changer um, to have you know, to be able to really kind of zero in on, on someone and, and create a compound, um, you know, specifically targeted towards them. Is that, is that in the near future, you think, um, you know, where Alma will start, start uh, offering those type of products? Yeah. So, you know, some of it is already here, right? Um, we, we have a pretty good understanding of how, you know, different genetics are going to react to cannabis compounds in general. We've been able to get it down to 
you know, eight to 12 sort of archetypes uh, or like groupings of people that are going to have similar responses to things. Um, and so a lot of the work has been kind of, you know, trying to narrow down like the the genetic changes that actually matter, right? Because there's some changes that don't have much effect and there's some that have a lot of effect. And so that's a lot of the work that we've been doing is just having a te doing testing on enough people and sharing the products with them enough that we can get meaningful data from it, right? Um, we want to have thousands and thousands of people kind of come through our system and testing before we feel confident enough in our recommendations that we're comfortable selling products around it. Um, so part of it is that side. And then the other side is just, you know, it's logistically very challenging to carry a lot of products, right? I mean, if I have to have, you know, a dozen different variations of our hemp oil, that's just one product. And now I've, you know, multiplied by a dozen, like the number of SKUs that I have and the amount of warehouse space that I need and all these things. So there's just some really practical business considerations that come into it as well. Uh, but in terms of, you know, overall time frame, I would say within the six, next six months, like absolutely we're going to have confidence on the scientific side. And then it'll take probably another half a year or so to actually bring it to market and to decide which are the things that we're going to focus on first, because you can't do everything at once. Um, so where can we sort of get the most bang for our buck um, in terms of actually getting this into consumers' hands? Um, but I think, you know, within the next year, for sure, you know, we'll, we'll see our, us and, and hopefully other people, you know, doing similar things as well, because I think this is the responsible way uh, to do consumption, right? I mean, right now, when people are deciding which product to take, you know, maybe they walk into a store and, and talk to someone who hopefully is knowledgeable, but oftentimes it's just based on like a label or something, right? Uh, right. So we're now hopefully moving to this paradigm where we're actually taking all this information that's available to us and utilizing it to give people the best experience possible. Mm, absolutely. Well, that's, that, that's fantastic. I mean, any, any environment where we can, you know, provide people with, um, you know, with, with another wellness tool, another medical tool that, um, you know, can have, can hopefully, um, you know, give them, um, you know, a sense of, of, of peace and, uh, you know, any, any, you know, you know, benefit any any issue that they're having is is certainly welcome news. Um, Ted, if people want to learn more about um, AMA, learn more about you, if they want to purchase um, purchase some of the products, uh, you know, where can they go? Um, you know, to uh, to learn more, you know, and 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 um, you know, see see that all all that AMA has to offer. Yeah. So the website is amahealing.co so a-m-m-a healing.co um if they're interested in learning more about elevate they can just do a slash elevate on the end of that amahealing.co slash elevate uh we also have a code that your listeners can use um which is journey begins for people who are looking to begin their cbd journey uh they can input that code on our website for 15 percent off any product as well um so that's where they can learn about the product. And we have a whole, you know, educational resource section on the page as well and articles that we've written and things where people can educate themselves. Um, in terms of following me, you know, I don't really have much of a public profile. I've been a somewhat private person to this point, but it's something that I'm committed to doing more of, just more sharing of the things that I'm working on because I think a lot of them are interesting. I think a lot of them could be helpful to people. So um, you know, I think Instagram might be one of the best places people can find me. Uh, I'm at Teddy Moskovitz on there. 
Um, so that's somewhere else that uh, that they can find me too. Great. And you know, as I mentioned at the top of the show, you know, it was it was difficult picking a subject with you because you know there's genetics, there's psychedelics, there's cannabis, there's NFTs, there's blockchain. Um, you know, certainly, you know, you know, for the listeners, uh, you know, Ted, Ted will 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 be back in some capacity. Um, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll be we'll be talking about another one of these uh, fascinating. Uh, subjects, but before I let you go, Ted, how how do you find the time? I mean, it's uh, <laughs> you know, I know you're 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 a dad now, and um, you know, you're 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 juggling a lot with with so many businesses. Maybe I think our listeners would be interested to know, you know, maybe just like you know, the secret of time management. Um, you know how how do you how do you do everything? I mean, you're just involved in so much. Yeah, so you know, there's there's a few different answers. I think. I'll, I'll give a few and you can decide if you want to maybe cut some, right? So one is the ability to focus, I think, is the most important skill that one can cultivate as an entrepreneur, if not just a person in general, right? Um, when I sit down at my computer, I can bring a really intense focus that I think a lot of people cannot. And so I'm able to get through things quickly. And a part of that is just removing distractions, right? Turn off your phone, shut down your email, you know, just be really present with what you're doing. Um, and I'll use things like um, alpha brainwave meditations to help me get in the right sort of mental state for work. Um, there's this amazing device that I use called the Apollo Neuro, um, which is like a wearable that I use that can help shift your brainwave patterns and physiology in a way that I think is interesting. So there's this sort of like biohacking, cognitive hacking side. I also meditate. Um, so that's one, right, is, is get your head right, you know, is the best way to sort of summarize that one. A second one is learning how to say no. I really <laughs> fiercely guard my time. And I've gotten way better at saying no to things. Um, you know, I really pride myself on being a helpful person to entrepreneurs and to mentees and to all of these people. And for a long time, I just found that, you know, I would sort of give my calendar out to whoever because I liked the way that I felt when I was helping people. And over the last couple of years, I've made this transition to where, you know, I think about what are my goals? What do I want to accomplish in the world this year or this month or this week? And then I just say no to anything that doesn't go directly toward that. And mm. it's uncomfortable at first to say no to people because you want to be helpful. But being able to just be ruthless with your prioritization and with your time, um, I think is one that that is is really, really important. And then the final one, which I would say might be, you know, the most important is just getting real with yourself about what is your zone of genius? Where do you thrive? What types of activities are you the best at? And try and organize your life and business so that you're only spending your time on activities that are within your zone of genius. And I realize that, you know, within a startup, this is really challenging to do. Um, you know, I've in in my companies early on, I mean, I've been the chief everything officer, right? Like the CEO and I've been customer support and I've helped with technical stuff. So, you know, sometimes it's unavoidable, but to the extent possible, spend your time doing the things that you know you are best at and don't spend your time on things that are not and just delegate the rest away. You know, maybe you have to learn how to do it once yourself so that you can effectively delegate it to somebody else and have like a real process that you know is going to work. Um, but stay in your zone of genius, stay spending your time on the things that you know you're the best at. And, you know, that has led lately to us turning down a lot of clients because, you know, they want me to come in and do for their business some of the things that I've done for my business in the past. 
And now I'm just not willing to, like, I'm not going to help someone set up their operations environment. I'm not going to help them train their sales staff. And, you know, these are things that I am good at and that I can be paid a lot for, but I don't enjoy them. And it's not the highest and best use of my time. And so we just politely say no. And I choose to focus on, on the things that I know are, are things that I can really be good at and that I do better than anyone else. That is, that is incredible advice, Ted. I think all, all three uh, are, are classics um, that I think our listeners, you know, clearly, uh, you know, they provide a lot of value. And I think um, our listeners should, uh, should get a pen and paper or, you know, or, or, you know, find something, find something nearby that, you know, you can, you can write those down because, uh, yeah, I think if, if, you know, if you can follow those three, uh, you know, it, it will, you know, nothing guarantees success, of course, but, you know, you'll certainly be on your way. And, uh, and a fourth one, if I can sneak it in, sorry, is um, be willing to ask for help. Um, mm. I see so many entrepreneurs who have this idea of like, I'm not going to take this to my peers until it's ready. Um, and I think I'm pretty sure it's Mark Zuckerberg who said, like, if you're not embarrassed by the first version of your product, you launch too late. Or maybe it was Reid Hoffman uh, from LinkedIn. But one of them said basically, like, if you're not embarrassed by it, then you you launch too late. Right. Um, and this is something that I see plaguing so many entrepreneurs who I know is they want to get it perfect before they ask their friends for feedback and help. And something that has set me apart is I'm willing to, like, embarrass myself by sharing things with people before they're ready or before I even really fully thought through them. And this is something that has separated me from even people who have been amazing mentors of mine who are still successful entrepreneurs as I just, I ask for help so much sooner than they do. And I ask for feedback so much sooner than they do. And I just sort of remove my ego from it. And I, I'm not going to be embarrassed if, you know, someone has harsh feedback for something early on, you know, iteratively, I'm just getting so many more rounds of, of feedback and, and help from people, you know, from earlier stages than I think other people are. Um, and so that's another one is just, don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to cold call people who, you know, you really admire. I mean, when I started my entrepreneurial journey, I, I was cold calling like the CEOs of like somewhat sizable companies. And the reason I did it was I didn't know any better. I didn't know that it was insane for me to be like <laughs> calling these people, right? Like I, I honestly just didn't know any better, right? Whereas more established entrepreneurs would be like, I would never call that person. I'd want a warm intro. I'd want to massage the relationship and become friends with them and all these things. And so, you know, sometimes what you don't know can actually be a great asset. So hmm. just ask people for help and do it sooner than you think you should. And I think you'll find people are a lot more willing to help you than what you might realize. It's such it's such great advice. It's it's I mean it's it's spot on because, yeah, I think you if you don't if you don't put yourself out there and you know you're almost kind of have to be like naked to the world in a way you know that's yeah. if you look at you know all the some of the you know Steve Jobs and like you mentioned Zuckerberg and all the some of these great inter innovators they all say you know, what, what you're saying, which is, um, you know, that it's the people that, that don't ask for help, that don't put themselves out there, um, that, you know, probably, you know, are the ones that, that won't get, you know, get to reach their goals, um, you know, for, you know, for various reasons. So, um, like what's worse that could happen, right? Like right. I'll say in my experience, my fear of failure has always been a lot more detrimental than the failures itself. Hmm. Um, in my head, when I think about worst case scenarios, they're always way worse than what actually turns out right, right when, I, when I fail at something. And so I think that's a really big part of it is just not being afraid of failing, not being afraid mm -hmm. of putting yourself out there. 
um, because you know the worst case scenario is often way better than what you think it's going to be. Um, but I can tell you that the worst case scenario is still going to be way better than not trying at all. I mean, you don't know if you don't try, right? That, exactly. That's you, the... you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Exactly. Michael Jordan, right? Yeah. <laughs> Heard that. No, that's and couldn't couldn't be said better. And you know, let's certainly um, I'd love to love to end it on that one because that's 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 as good as it gets. Um, Ted, just a pleasure speaking with you, learning about your 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 background, learning about AMA, um, you know, the world of CBD, and you know, just some invaluable advice there at the end for for really anyone um you know especially entrepreneurs out there that um you know are looking to build a business or looking to get involved so um you know you provided a ton of value for the listeners and um you're looking forward you know whether it's genetics or psychedelics or cannabis nfts blockchain you know we'll certainly <laughs> certainly uh, you know we'll kind of maybe we'll play roulette and uh, you know see see which one it lands on but um you know certainly going to have you back on the show again and um you know wish wish you the best of luck um you know with all your ventures thank you i really appreciate it it's such a pleasure to be here and yeah i would be honored to come on and, and share some of the other things that uh we're working on i think you know the sort of best summary of what i work on is we're building the future, right? So mm. sometimes that's the future of finance, um, which I think is sort of cryptocurrency and blockchain. Sometimes it's the future of mental health, which I think is uh, the sort of psychedelic renaissance that we're seeing. Sometimes it's the future of physical health, and I think Kent plays a big role in that. Um, and so really, you know, if folks are curious about the future and, and how to build it and shape it, then I'm probably the guy for that. And, and people are welcome to reach out to me as well if they have questions. Um, I gave my you know, Instagram before Teddy Moskovitz. Uh, mm -hmm. My email is ted at amahealing.co. Um, I can guarantee I won't be super responsive from the time perspective to people, but I will get to you eventually. So don't be afraid <laughs> uh, to reach out and ask. Well, that, that sounds great. Our listeners are, are incredibly fortunate, um, you know, to be able to to be able to reach out to you um, because you're just like you said, you're I can I can attest that you, you know, from our conversations and everything I've gotten to know about you, you, you certainly are at the forefront of of building the future. And uh, hey, it's it looks like a pretty exciting future. And I'm glad that glad that you're at the forefront of it, Ted. So thanks again. And um, looking forward to having you on the show. Likewise, we'll talk again soon. Okay, take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Deep Dives with our guest, Ted Moskovitz. Deep Dives can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode of Deep Dives.